0: In the late hours of March 24, 1967, Captain Robert Salas took his post at Montana's Malmstrom Air Force Base. He was 60 feet underground in a bunker that housed 10 nuclear missiles. If given an order, his job was to launch those weapons at the designated target.
1: It was a quiet routine night until his hotline rang.
0: On the other end of the call was a guard stationed above the bunker. He told Captain Salas that he and his men had just spotted lights in the sky above. Given their odd maneuvers, the guard didn't know what they were, but he could tell they were watching the base.
1: Salas took his job as seriously as anyone else, but the warning seemed too strange to be true. He ignored it. Sure, it was some kind of prank until they called again.
0: It was the same guard, but this time he was screaming. A glowing red object was now hovering just above the base's front
1: gate. Fearing they were under attack, Salas jumped into action. But as he devised a plan, the lights on his weapons control panel went from green to red. His missiles had become inoperable.
0: Inexplicably, at the height of the panic, the unidentified craft disappeared as quickly as it had arrived. But it took 24 hours for the base's weapons to come back online. Relieved as he was, Salus knew there was no human technology that could hack high-tech systems like that. The missiles had to have been deactivated by alien life. Welcome to Conspiracy Theories, a Spotify original from ParCast. Every Monday and Wednesday, we dig into the complicated stories behind the world's most controversial events and search for the truth. I'm Carter Roy. And
1: I'm Molly Brandenburg.
0: And neither of us are conspiracy theorists.
1: But we are open-minded, skeptical, and curious. Don't get us wrong. Sometimes the official version is the truth, but sometimes it's not. You can find episodes of Conspiracy Theories and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify.
0: This is the second episode on the alien visitor known as Valiant Thor. Allegedly, Val landed on Earth in 1957 and met with President Eisenhower. He hoped to save the world by convincing leaders to disarm their nuclear weapons but granted the state of nuclear arms today, Val's mission inevitably failed.
1: Today, we'll dive into a few conspiracy theories related to Valiant Thor. First, we'll explore claims that Eisenhower and other US presidents have encountered other alien visitors. We'll also determine if UFOs are successfully deactivating nuclear arsenals just like Val had intended. And finally, we'll see if the Pentagon has been researching alien visitors for years and has kept that knowledge hidden from the public.
0: We'll have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. There's one thing we can all agree on. Dealing with pests is a pain. But luckily, Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. So if your home or business has pests, don't stress it, Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T E R M I N I X.com. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com conspiracy today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com conspiracy.
2: This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be
1: According to Dr. Frank Stranges, a minister, self-proclaimed federal marshal, and UFO researcher, President Eisenhower met with Valiant Thor at the White House in 1957. There, they discussed Val's history, his mission, and his intention to rid the world of nuclear weapons.
0: Allegedly, Eisenhower was calm and welcoming throughout this encounter. Although it seems hard to believe that anyone could remain so composed when being introduced to an alien visitor, unless Eisenhower was accustomed to it.
1: Some claim that this wasn't the president's first meeting with extraterrestrials, which leads us to conspiracy theory number one. Eisenhower and other U.S. presidents have met with or were briefed about aliens aside from Valiant Thor.
0: On February 20th, 1954, three years before valiant Thor allegedly arrived on Earth, President Eisenhower took a vacation to Palm Springs, California. And one evening following dinner, after a day of golfing, he just disappeared.
1: Rumors circulated over what had happened to President Eisenhower. The Associated Press even reported that the President had died. It wasn't until the following morning, when Eisenhower reappeared at a church service in Los Angeles, that someone spoke up. Allegedly, he'd needed an emergency dental procedure. He chipped a tooth while eating a chicken wing.
0: The AP recalled their story, so most people accepted this version of the truth and moved on. Except for Michael Sala, a former American University professor. He believes this was a false alibi.
1: Instead of going to the dentist, Sala believes Eisenhower was called to a meeting at the Edwards Air Force Base, about a two and a half hour drive from Palm Springs.
0: Sala claims that during this meeting, Eisenhower met two extraterrestrials. Allegedly, they were nicknamed the Nordics because of their light hair and blue eyes. They'd come from the Pleiades star system, about 440 light years away from Earth.
1: Sola says that the Nordics offered to share their advanced technology if Eisenhower agreed to eliminate America's nuclear weapons. Like Val, the Nordics were afraid that humans would destroy themselves in a catastrophic war. Consequently, alien civilizations throughout the galaxy could be harmed as well.
0: Despite the tempting offer, Eisenhower refused. Perhaps he thought this would make the U.S. vulnerable to a Soviet attack.
1: According to Sala, Eisenhower also had another meeting with extraterrestrials in 1954. This time, the president apparently met with another race of beings called the Greys, and they made Eisenhower a more appealing offer. Apparently,
0: the Greys presented him with an agreement called the Griotta Treaty, the pact indicated that the Greys promised to give America their advanced technologies if the U.S. allowed them to abduct humans for experimentation. Even the former president's great-granddaughter, Laura, believed Eisenhower
1: signed the agreement. According to Canada's former minister of defense, Paul Halier, the Greys held up their end of the bargain.
0: He claimed they gave humans things like the microchip and a bullet-resistant material called Kevlar.
1: Which is a little strange, considering on paper, Jack Kilby invented the technology for microchips in 1958, and Stephanie Kowalik invented Kevlar while working at a chemical company called DuPont in 1965.
0: But both were allegedly invented after this meeting with the Greys, Maybe those were cover stories to make them seem like human inventions. After all, this wasn't the first time a president kept information about aliens hidden, and it certainly wouldn't be the last.
1: Investigative journalist Linda Moulton Howe obtained declassified transcripts of a top-secret government meeting. The paper claimed that President Reagan was also briefed about aliens when he took office in 1981. According to Howe, then-CIA director William Casey took Reagan to Camp David on a top-secret matter.
0: Camp David is an isolated location in Maryland's Blue Ridge Mountains. Ideally, this place would make the perfect setting for a sensitive conversation.
1: Well, supposedly, Reagan was joined by analysts from the CIA, the National Security Agency, and the Defense Intelligence Agency. While he didn't meet with aliens or make packs himself, the transcripts say he received a multitude of information about past alien visitations.
0: He was allegedly briefed on alien bodies that had been retrieved from multiple crash sites, and that the United States had been in contact with still-living extraterrestrials. While the transcripts never mentioned Valiant Thor by name, they did mention some apparent similarities— For example, one of the analysts told Reagan that the aliens were peaceful and wanted to examine our nuclear capabilities.
1: Two years later, on March 23, 1983, Reagan announced a multi-billion dollar project he called the Strategic Defense Initiative, or SDI. The idea was a network of satellites equipped with lasers and missiles meant to shoot down any nuclear warheads launched at the United States. Many believed it was a defensive measure to stop a potential Soviet attack.
0: However, American ufologist Dr. Steve Greer claims this might not have been the program's true purpose. Greer believes it was meant to ward off an alien invasion. After Reagan's briefing with the CIA, he was likely terrified and wanted the U.S. to be ready in case the extraterrestrials turned hostile. In
1: 1985, Reagan spoke with Soviet leader Mikhail Gorbachev at the Geneva summit. The conference was held to discuss reducing the planet's nuclear weapons and how countries could make a universal stride toward peace.
0: Years later, Gorbachev admitted that during the summit, Reagan asked him a surprising question. Apparently, he wanted to know if the Soviets would help the U.S.
1: in the event of an alien attack. Gorbachev said yes. But Reagan didn't just bring this up to Gorbachev. He shared a similar sentiment in front of hundreds of world leaders. In 1987, Reagan
0: appeared before the United Nations to speak about global cooperation. He said, quote, I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. And yet, I ask you, is not an alien force already among us?
1: To ufologists, that seemed like confirmation that aliens were on Earth. And although the UN attendees may not have taken him seriously, there are other modern-day leaders who insist aliens have visited our planet— like Canada's former Minister of Defense, Paul Helier,
0: In 2013, Hellier spoke at the National Press Club in Washington, D.C. for an event hosted by a UFO committee called the Paradigm Research Group. The purpose was to prove that aliens had, in fact, been to Earth. And while it wasn't an official government meeting, it was overseen by six former U.S. congressmen.
1: Here, Hellyer claimed that when he was in office, Canadian officials were actively investigating otherworldly sightings. They found at least four species of extraterrestrials that had been visiting Earth for thousands of years. Hellier also said that two aliens were supposedly working with the U.S. government. It's possible he was referring to valiant Thor.
0: Hellyer isn't the only modern politician making these claims. He's joined by Haim Eshed, a retired general in Israel's defense ministry. In December 2020, Eshed also said that a few unnamed government officials had signed agreements with aliens. While he didn't reveal what those treaties were, he did hint that they were created in goodwill and were mutually beneficial.
1: I'm sure these political figures are privy to top-secret information about alien life. However, circling back to Eisenhower, I don't think his dental appointment was a cover story. His dental records were released in 1991, and they show that he really did chip his tooth while on vacation.
0: But the president and his staff could have easily manipulated a few dental records. And even if Eisenhower was at the dentist, that still doesn't explain his other meetings with Valiant Thor and the Greys, or how Reagan seemed to have knowledge about alien visitors.
1: Well, Linda Howe isn't very forthcoming about how she got those transcripts from Reagan's meeting. The document mysteriously surfaced 16 years ago, and ufologists have just cited that as proof. Which is pretty hard to take seriously, since they're not official White House documents.
0: That's fair. However, we still have to address Hellyer and Eshed's comments. As former government officials in their respective countries they may be reliable sources who may have even seen that evidence firsthand.
1: And yet they never presented any of it publicly. They haven't said which other world leaders spoke with aliens or what kind of treaties they made or what their agenda was. Their claims are vague and lacking solid proof. So on a scale of one to 10, with 10 being the most believable, I have to give this theory a two.
0: I'm a little more optimistic, It's possible that information is still classified. If anyone can say for certain that aliens have communicated with world leaders, it'd be them. Plus, Hellyer and Eshed have certainly put their reputations on the line by coming forward, so I'm more inclined to believe it. I'll give this a three out of 10.
1: Ultimately, we may never know. Various factors are at play. Stories can be falsified, facts can be covered up, and those who do know the truth will probably take it to their graves.
0: Despite all the variables, there's one detail that remains consistent among these alleged visitations. Aliens want to help Earth dispose of nuclear weapons. And that theory might be easier to verify.
1: Coming up... UFOs infiltrate the world's most secure nuclear facilities.
3: Since the beginning of time, people have wanted to believe in an afterlife. Hi listeners, I'm Shelby Scott. In Mediums, a new Spotify original from Parcast, I take a closer look at the mortal lives of spiritualists who claim to communicate with the dead and the scientists who tried to debunk them. This eight episode series looks at paranormal events proven to be hoaxes and those which have mystified even the world's greatest skeptics. Mixing history, mystery, and social psychology, mediums ask how these self-proclaimed psychics pulled off the illusion of interacting with the dead, even under a microscope of criticism. Were they all simply peddling parlor tricks or was there something truly paranormal going on Break out your Ouija board, dust off your crystal ball, or light some candles. Because ParCast is ready to reveal what's really known about the unknown. Follow the Spotify original from ParCast, Mediums. Summon new episodes every Wednesday, free and only on Spotify.
0: This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix.
1: Now, back to the story.
0: According to some ufologists, President Eisenhower met with a race of aliens called the Nordics in 1954, and later with Valiant Thor in 1957. On both occasions, the visitors supposedly asked Eisenhower to disband America's nuclear weapons.
1: They feared that war on Earth would destroy humanity and negatively impact civilizations from other planets as well. Despite this frightening possibility, Eisenhower wasn't able to convince other politicians to follow through on Val's plan.
0: But some extraterrestrials may have found a way to bypass those in power. This leads us to conspiracy theory number two. Aliens are visiting nuclear facilities and shutting down weapons without human permission.
1: On August 6, 1945, US forces dropped the first atomic bomb on Hiroshima, Japan. Three days later, they launched another attack on the city of Nagasaki.
0: Writer and director Jim Nichols theorizes that these explosions were so impactful that they caught the attention of extraterrestrials. He thinks this may be why they grew so concerned with humanity's nuclear
1: capabilities. Because just three years later, in 1948, reports of aliens investigating nuclear facilities surfaced. One of the first came from Kirtland Air Force Base in New Mexico. This was also a transportation hub for scientists working on the Manhattan Project in Los Alamos.
0: On December 5, 1948, two separate plane crews flying near the facility spotted bright green orbs circling the compound. One pilot claimed a UFO nearly collided with him.
1: Intelligence officers said it was a meteor, but found no traces of one in the area. And throughout the month of December, even more people spotted the green lights. They said the objects would descend vertically and then switch their course, moving horizontally, meaning this was no meteor.
0: Government officials interviewed over 100 witnesses around the Los Alamos area, but couldn't determine what the orbs were. No one knows why the unidentified crafts were there, but some wonder if their purpose was to gather information about nuclear weapons.
1: Throughout the 1960s, military personnel frequently spotted UFOs outside the Malmstrom Air Force Base in Montana, a facility that also stored nuclear weapons.
0: On March 24, 1967, Captain Robert Salas and his commanding officer were on duty when a bright red light appeared over the base and shut down their missiles. They weren't able to get them back online until 24 hours later. Salas was convinced that aliens were responsible. He claimed those missiles were some of the most advanced weapons in America's arsenal. As far as he knew, no one on Earth had the power to shut them down from the air like that. But a UFO might.
1: Events like this weren't unique to the United States. Both U.S. and British soldiers witnessed a similar event at the Bentwaters Royal Air Force Base in England in 1980. Some believe the base also had a secret cache of nuclear weapons.
0: That December, air traffic controller Ivan Barker saw an incoming object on his radar. To his surprise, it had covered 120 miles in seconds. He was familiar with just about every U.S. and Russian jet and knew this wasn't one of theirs.
1: The vehicle flew over the base and hovered over the compound's water tower. Barker says it was shaped like a giant sphere with portholes around the middle. It stayed there for a few seconds before speeding off.
0: He had no idea what he'd just encountered, but decided not to tell his commanding officer. In the past, air traffic controllers who'd reported seeing UFOs were said to be immediately decertified and forced to take another job outside of the military.
1: He couldn't risk it. If Barker had reported the sighting, his story would have been backed up by Lieutenant Colonel Charles Halt, who was also on the base that evening. He saw the UFO descend into Rendlesham Forest on the border of the airfield.
0: Halt led a search party into the woods that night, where he spotted a red orb navigating through the trees. Halt says it then stopped, hovered, and shot a laser beam into the ground about 10 feet away from him.
1: Halt suspected that the UFO was scanning for nuclear arsenals on the property, especially because it focused one beam directly at their weapons storage area.
0: It's possible they were also trying to tamper with their nuclear weapons, just like they had at Malmstrom. But when Halt returned to base and passed his findings up the chain of command, his general refused to investigate further.
1: I believe that Halt saw something in the forest that night but I don't want to jump to conclusions. Because in December 2018, the Telegraph news site published an alternative story. Apparently, an anonymous member of the British Special Air Services, or SAS, said it was all a hoax.
0: Supposedly, weeks prior to the sightings, members of the SAS secretly parachuted into the Bentwaters base as a training exercise. But no one at the base knew they were coming. The guards allegedly captured the SAS troops, interrogated them, and beat them. They believed the SAS were Soviet spies and referred to them as, quote, unidentified aliens.
1: The SAS soldiers were held in custody for 18 hours and only released once authorities stepped in. The incident obviously caused tension. In retaliation, they fashioned balloons and remote controlled kites and released them at the Bentwaters base on the evening of the sighting. They wanted to make it seem as if a real alien had infiltrated their airspace.
0: The prank might explain the lights, but it doesn't explain the speed or the powerful lasers. I also can't help but wonder why the SAS soldiers took almost 40 years to come forward with this story if it was the truth.
1: Holt might have some evidence, but that doesn't mean he saw an alien ship. There were plenty of planes that could travel over 1,000 miles an hour, like the United States F-15 fighter jet.
0: True, the F-15's top speed is 1,875 miles per hour. But that wouldn't cover hundreds of miles in seconds, like Barker's radar indicated. F-15s can only travel 31 miles a minute. Plus, Barker and Halt reported seeing the object hover, which the F-15 isn't capable of. It also doesn't explain the sightings at the other bases. Workers at Malmstrom reported mysterious aircraft as recently as 1996. The Cold War had ended five years prior, so I don't think they were from the Soviets. There's a good chance those really were otherworldly forces. I have to give this theory a 5 out of 10.
1: I'll admit there's definitely a correlation between strange flying objects and nuclear facilities, but I'm still not convinced they're alien spacecraft. For example, a handful of scientists believe that the green lights at Los Alamos were something known as ball lightning. Researchers aren't positive on how they form, but they suspect it happens when lightning reacts with oxygen and other air molecules. It's a well-documented phenomenon. So maybe there's some natural phenomenon occurring at Malmstrom. I have to give this theory a 3 out of 10.
0: Natural phenomena or not, there's no doubt that strange events are taking place near nuclear sites around the world. While those events remain a mystery, other encounters might not be. Recent developments indicate that officials may have the answers to alien encounters. And what they know could change our world forever
1: coming up what the pentagon really knows about ufos
2: this episode is brought to you by anytime fitness forget dark alleys and cemeteries for some the gym is the scariest place of all but it doesn't have to be
0: Ever since the US dropped the atomic bomb on Japan in the 1940s, some people believe that aliens may be trying to prevent humans from using them again. And when we didn't comply with their wishes, UFOs may have attempted to shut down some nuclear facilities on their own.
1: While we may never know the truth on this matter, there are probably a few people in the government who do. This leads us to conspiracy theory number three the U.S. Pentagon may have kept information about aliens a secret for much longer than we think. In
0: 1947, 10 years before President Eisenhower allegedly met with Valiant Thor, the Air Force received a report from one of its own about flying discs. It came from a Lieutenant General named Nathan Twining. At the time, he was in charge of the Air Material Command a division responsible for researching and developing new technologies. In his memo, Twining said that there were silent disks in the sky that could
1: perform extreme maneuvers. In response, the Pentagon created an Air Force-run program codenamed SIGN. In 1952, it was renamed Project Blue Book and set three goals in place. Find out what the UFOs were, if they posed a threat to national security and publicly debunked the idea that they were from outer space.
0: For the next 17 years, Project Blue Book examined over 12,000 sightings. Analysts concluded that most reports could be written off as stars, clouds, or conventional planes. But in 1969, the government mysteriously shut the program down, claiming they weren't making any scientific progress.
1: According to Ralph Blumenthal and Leslie Kane's report for the New York Times, 701 of those Blue Book reports were never explained. Some even included clear photographs of flying saucers and inexplicable lights.
0: Once the program ended, the Air Force released their findings to the public, They reassured Americans that no UFO had ever been a threat to national security, that the objects they'd investigated weren't advanced technology, and that they weren't from outer space. Which is odd, because remember, 701 of those reports were left unexplained.
1: In 2007, Nevada Senator Harry Reid decided it was time to readdress the UFO issue he allocated $22 million of the Defense Department's budget to create the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, ATIP for short.
0: He enlisted the help of his friend and billionaire hotel owner, Robert Bigelow. Bigelow had been interested in aliens since childhood and used his profits to start Bigelow Aerospace. Reed offered him the money, believing his company was best equipped to carry out the research.
1: A man named Luis Elizondo became the director of ATIP. He was an experienced special agent who'd spent some 20 years running intelligence operations for the military.
0: As ATIP gathered more data, they found people who'd experienced physical reactions to their UFO encounters, things that resembled radiation poisoning, with symptoms like weakness and fatigue.
1: Elizondo also collected metal, debris, and other material from recovered crash sites. But some of the most compelling evidence was the video footage Elizondo dug up.
0: In 2004, Commander David Fravor, Lieutenant Commander Alex Dietrich, and their co-pilots were on a training exercise off the coast of San Diego. That's when an operator from their aircraft carrier radioed them.
1: They told Fravor they just spotted a mysterious aircraft on their radar, one they'd been tracking for a week. Apparently, the unknown craft could drop 80,000 feet in less than a second, then it would disappear out of range. As far as they were aware, no military vehicle could cover that distance so quickly.
0: Dietrich and Fravor flew to the coordinates and found a white roundish object, roughly the size of their F-18 jets. They nicknamed it the Tic Tac. Fravor saw that it had no wings, no markings, no exhaust. It was lacking all the traditional parts of an airplane. Then, as if it knew it was being watched, the craft sped off.
1: Fravor and Dietrich raced after the Tic Tac, but they couldn't find it. They returned to their aircraft carrier and told their superiors what they'd seen. Lucky for them, they'd caught the entire thing on their plane's cameras.
0: But as far as the pilots knew, no one investigated the matter further. That is, until the A-TIP team got a hold of the tapes years later. Elizondo thought the Pentagon would find this compelling to have a report by highly trained pilots that was backed up by footage and radar.
1: But the Pentagon was still skeptical of these findings. Robert Bigelow believed they were partially afraid of the stigma that came with believing in UFOs. So, the Pentagon seemingly ignored the report and kept it from the public. And in 2012, ATip lost its funding.
0: Despite the setback, Elizondo continued investigating UFO reports with a handful of Navy and CIA personnel. Together, they found even more revelatory footage. In 2014, a fighter pilot named Lieutenant Ryan Graves, along with the rest of his squadron, saw UFOs flying in a restricted airspace off the coast of Virginia. In 2015, they caught another UFO on camera, just off the coast of Florida.
1: This one looked more like a spinning top, but had no visible engine and no exhaust plumes. Yet somehow, this tiny craft could stay airborne for more than 12 hours at a time. In Graves' experience, jets could only fly at such high speeds for about an hour, so this was something highly advanced.
0: You'd think that this would be a mind-blowing experience for Graves, but he claimed that his pilots were having encounters with UFOs every single day. Graves speculated that the top had to be one of three things, secret US technology, spycraft from enemy countries, or alien spacecrafts.
1: Even with this additional footage, the Pentagon seemed to continue to ignore the matter. However, Susan Goff, a spokesperson for the Department of Defense, suggested that the Pentagon may have needed to review these videos before releasing them, perhaps to ensure they didn't show classified technology.
0: Despite all the red tape, Elizondo was able to get three videos declassified and in 2017, his friend Chris Mellon, a former high-ranking government official with ties to the Secretary of Defense, gave the videos to the New York Times.
1: According to Mellon, he and Elizondo hoped the footage would have a snowball effect. First, the public would become interested, then Congress, and then the Defense Department. That way, the Pentagon would be pressured to come forward with its knowledge of UFOs and investigate them more seriously.
0: Surprisingly, this did essentially happen. In August, 2020, the Pentagon funded a new version of TIP and encouraged military personnel to speak up about their sightings.
1: In December 2020, a Congressional committee ordered the Pentagon to provide a report on the UFO encounters. The Pentagon examined 144 cases taken by the military personnel from the past 17 years. The document, which was released in June 2021, had five categories—secret technology from other countries, secret U.S. technology, natural events, clutter, like balloons, and a final category simply called other.
0: Out of those 144 cases, Pentagon investigators could only explain one sighting, saying it was a large balloon. The other 143 cases couldn't be categorized as easily. They did claim that the UFO's abilities to accelerate, maneuver, and submerge themselves below water meant they likely didn't come from Earth
1: but that's not a direct confirmation that they came from outer space. While the report was inconclusive, the sightings might not be that mysterious after all. Correspondence from the hill suggests they could be drones from foreign adversaries. Even Lieutenant Ryan Graves says that could be what he saw.
0: That's still not very comforting. Foreign military devices aren't supposed to be in US airspace without permission could be seen as an act of war. Even if the drones did belong to Russia or China, Michael Shermer, the founder of Skeptic Magazine, believed that the US military would be aware of it. Not to mention, the US would probably be developing similar technologies.
1: Well, there is another theory. One former Air Force colonel named Andrea Themely spoke to Wired magazine and suggested that the UFOs were actually experimental hypersonic technology. The term refers to aircraft, missiles, and other vehicles that can reach unprecedented speeds of 4,000 miles per hour or more. Reportedly, the U.S. plans to have fully functioning hypersonic weapons by the 2030s, Maybe a top-secret military operation is testing prototypes off our coasts.
0: But this is the same problem we ran into with the nuclear deactivation theory. That could explain the speed, but it doesn't explain everything else the UFOs are seemingly capable of. For example, the footage indicates that these vehicles can withstand immense amounts of gravitational forces, or Gs.
1: Think of it this way. When someone rides a roller coaster, the acceleration creates a force that pushes their body back into their seat. That's G-force. People on a ride usually experience three Gs. Fighter pilots and their jets can only withstand about nine before blacking out.
0: But these UFOs were experiencing 600 to 700 Gs, meaning there's no way these crafts had human bodies inside them. Ultimately, we know that the Pentagon's been aware of this since at least 2004 when the Tic Tac incident occurred. With Project Blue Book and other clandestine programs, they were certainly investigating this matter even prior to that. And maybe they gave up because it simply couldn't be explained. Or maybe the reality was just too terrifying. I give this theory an eight out of 10.
1: I'm going to stick with what the Pentagon's report said. There simply isn't enough information to conclude what these craft are, but that doesn't make them alien. The fact that some of these craft can withstand 700 G-forces is interesting, but it's likely they're being remotely operated. I do think the Pentagon's kept mum about unidentified craft, but I'm not concluding they're hiding information about extraterrestrial life. I have to give this theory a 4 out of 10.
0: Whether or not people take the story of Valiant Thor's visit to Earth seriously, the theories it has created might still be credible.
1: That's true. Frank Stranges said Valiant Thor came to end nuclear war, and we have examples of something disabling those facilities and weapons.
0: And while it's taken decades, even the Pentagon has admitted that UFOs exist with capabilities beyond our understanding. Granted, the term UFO doesn't mean that it's from outer space. But wherever these objects come from, perhaps the future holds more transparency from government officials.
1: Who knows? Maybe then the truth about Valiant Thor will fully come to light. Thanks for tuning in to Conspiracy Theories. We'll be back Monday with a new episode. You can find all episodes of Conspiracy Theories and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify.
0: Until then, remember, the truth isn't always the best story.
1: And the official story isn't always the truth.
0: Conspiracy Theories is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Dick Schroeder, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Bruce Katovich. This episode of Conspiracy Theories was written by Rob Heckert, with writing assistance by Lori Gottlieb and Mackenzie Moore. Fact-checking by Anya Barely, and research by Bradley Klein. Conspiracy Theories stars Molly Brandenburg and Carter Roy.
3: Hi. I'm Shelby Scott, host of Mediums, a new Spotify original from Parcast. You can join me Wednesdays as I dive into the world of spiritualism and the women that defined it. We'll explore everything from obvious con artists to 150 year old mysteries. It'll be a fascinating journey, so be sure to follow my new podcast, Mediums, free and only on Spotify.